0: Welcome to the Flute View Radio. This is Viviana Guzman for thefluteview.com. Hello everybody, this is Viviana Guzman for the Flute View Magazine. And today's special guest is the founder and artistic director of the Tampere Flute Festival in Finland. Please help me welcome Beatrice Macias.
1: We say in Finland.
0: Ah, so tell me about this Finland thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, where do I begin? I am next
1: to a fireplace to keep myself warm. Um we only get about six hours of light each day. Light each day, so yeah. The good well, should I tell you the good stuff or the or the bad stuff? <laughs>
0: nah. Well, let's start at the beginning because I see that you've okay uh you we have houston in common i used to play in the houston grand opera i I went to rice university tell me about your houston we'll start from the beginning okay well
1: you know that i'm mexican american so my both of my parents are from mexico i was born in
0: california
1: after a year we moved to mexico when i was about nine we moved to houston texas because my dad is well he's not retired but he was a veterinarian and he trained racehorses, So obviously Texas, California, you know, those, those are the places to be for that type of career. And so I began to play the flute at nine, 10 years old. And I was there until about 18. Then I went to Boston to do my bachelor's degree. And then when I was 21, I moved to Belgium. Ah. So I spent, you know, like my teenage years, my young, my young, my younger years in Texas, in Houston. Yeah.
0: Okay and were you studying with somebody or
1: well i was studying with sydney carlson and dr Ann fairbanks during my high school years there oh okay i, did, I think you know sydney
0: maybe i know the name Ann fairbanks though
1: okay yeah she she teaches i think she still teaches at st thomas university
0: okay, okay. and then dr
1: carlson was teaching at houston uh moore school of music okay. so so I've been in Europe for about 10 years, and I didn't come to Finland until four years ago. And that's, that's a wild story.
0: Right, so so you went to Belgium, and then what happened?
1: So I went to Belgium to do my master's degree in Brussels with Carlos Brunel. And I was, I think I was like 25 or 26, and I had my fixed position in Luxembourg, in the Luxembourg Chamber Orchestra. But of course, you know, like you, I, I like to see the world, I like to see what's out there, and, and I just, Saw this ad, um, Tampere Philharmonic Orchestra has a co principal audition. And I thought, in Finland, you know, I've never been to Finland. I don't really know anything about Finland, but it sounds exciting. I, I, I want to take the chance. So, anyways, I send in my applications. I think it was like musical chair. So, I send in my application and I forgot about it for months because, you know, when you send in an application, it takes a couple months for them to reply to say, you know, have you been accepted or not been accepted? What are the excerpts, etc. So, um, after a couple of months, I got an email saying you've been accepted. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, great. You know, the auditions in a month and then the week of the audition, I got another email saying, okay, this is the order of the audition. This is your time. These are the excerpts that we're asking for. And I still hadn't bought my ticket. I had completely forgotten about this audition. So I thought, okay, I'll just risk it. It's like super cheap because I was living living in Belgium, although I was working in Luxembourg because it's like, it's very close by. It's just, you know two hour train ride, I think from Brussels to Luxembourg or something. So, um, yeah, so, so I bought a Ryanair ticket and it was super cheap. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to do the audition and I didn't win, but I was in the finals and they asked me to come and substitute. So I said, okay, sure. I'll come for a temporary contract. Like, why would I refuse that? You know? So I took a leave of absence from my work. I came to Finland knowing like, I'm going to be here for just like, you know, one season and I met my husband.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the rest is history. And he's a fixed member. He's one of the principals in the orchestra. He's a um, contrabass player, contrabasso. So.
0: Wow, okay. I did not expect that at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I came for work. I didn't come for love.
0: Oh, how funny. Okay. Yeah how yeah. interesting okay wow that just took completely out of left field for me i so from, <laughs> so from texas
1: to finland uh, i i would have never imagined that viviana never
0: never i mean brussels was
1: already you know, europe was already extravagant and exotic for me but finland
0: yeah. well but i love what you said you said you know i I've never been there before it sounded exotic let's just do it i mean that's my <laughs> attitude 100 percent. you know if i haven't been there it's exciting yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right but let's back up a little because okay. you you also have played uh with several many many orchestras so tell us about all the orchestras that you've uh, performed with
1: oh gosh well i don't have my cv with me but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i started to play in a
1: semi-professional orchestra when i was 16. so in houston you know baytown yeah okay all right well i say i'm from houston because people don't really know baytown but i'm from baytown okay, oh, okay. so it's it's still quite a big city. It's growing. Oh my goodness. So many Hispanics yeah. now. So I grew up in Baytown, but I was in Houston all the time. I played, you know, in the, in the Houston Chamber Orchestra. They have uh, Virtuosi of Houston, it's for, for young adults. And I played in the Baytown Symphony Orchestra. So it was like a semi professional. And so I started to play there. That was my first, let's say, professional experience. So I was able to play, you know, Shahira, Sada, Daphnis, all the great repertoire at the, at the age of 16. Um, then I went to Boston. And when I went to Brussels, my first contract was with the Lamone Opera House. I worked with the Antwerp Symphony Orchestra, with the Vlamse Opera. I worked in France and Nancy in the Opera. I worked in the Netherlands in Rotterdam Philharmonic, North Netherlands Orchestra, um, the Dutch National Ballet. I worked in Germany and Frankfurt Opera House, uh, Finland Finnish National Opera, Tampere Philharmonic. So, yes, so I've worked with Houston Symphony as well.
0: No, so, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah, what? I've been, I've what really, a CV! Yeah, I've been really, really lucky. <laughs> yeah, no, but I also I can lucky. also tell you are super hardworking. You are super organized, and you are <laughs> and you're a now dynamo. I have to be. You're a dynamo. You've got. I mean, you just like you're exploding, mm-hmm. which is what I'm attracted to. I mean, I just see. So much of me and you, in a way. Yeah, you know, We yeah, have the hispa- yeah. Hispanic connection, the Houston yeah. connection, the, you know, um, anyway, uh, we used to, I used to play an opera, and then I was like, no, I want to travel and I want to see the world. And, you know, so I, I love that you've spent so much time in Europe and you've gotten to know all of these different orchestras. So yeah, different
1: styles also of playing, you know, right, um, not just right. when people ask, what is the difference? I can't really tell you exactly the difference because we would be generalizing. Uh, are we talking about only the flute sound, only flute playing in itself? Or are we talking about different orchestras? So when somebody asked me that, it's actually very, it's difficult to answer because I don't know what to start with first, but I know the first thing that that I noticed when I came to Europe was, um, okay, so I'll back up a little. Bit. Because when I was sixteen, uh, it's like sweet sixteen in the states. It's quinceañera when you're, you know, fifteen if you're Mexican Hispanic heritage. So my parents asked me, "What do, would you like? Would you like, you know, a sweet sixteen party or a quinceañera, or do you want a new car? Because we get our driver's license at sixteen, <laughs> in the states for those Europeans." <laughs> and um, so I said, "I want a trip to Europe." Oh. Okay. So I investigated all of the music schools that were in Vienna and in, 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 actually not in Brussels, in France, uh, Paris Conservatoire, and I went and I met the teachers. I was there for two months with my mom. We went backpacking. This was my, wow, my gift. how fun. No fancy hotels, backpacking with my mom. So sure. two, two incredible months where I got to, it was during the summer, it was June and July, super hot. Uh, I remember it clearly. And I got to meet, you know, the professors of the schools that I was interested. Well, Brussels was not even on the list. It was just something, okay, let's go to Brussels, let's see. And we're walking by the conservatory and I hear flute. So like a good American, I want to go and I, you know, I want to see the action. I want to see who's playing, what's going on. So I walk in because they really didn't have much security back then. And uh, I follow the flute sound and I knock at the door and Carlos is there, who's going to be my my teacher you know a couple ah. of years later okay. so um, so i say hi i am you know i'm here I'm beatrice i'm from i'm from houston and i'm just here with my mom can i come in for the lesson and i don't remember his name but it was an argentinian flutist who was who was playing who was Carlos uh, was giving him an, a lesson so it was my time to play and i i i don't remember what excerpt i played and he said come back to me when you can play This is what Carlos told me, you know, and sorry to say, but by 16 in Texas, we can play the flute. So, but for him, you know, I guess he was, I don't know, he was missing something, you know, but I loved it. I loved, there was something about him that I really liked. Maybe it was that, you know, that harshness or something and that, that sparked my curiosity. So over the years, I kept in touch with him. I would email him during Christmas time, uh, you know, during the holidays, I hope you're well, you know, send him greetings, blah, blah. I went up to study to Boston with Daryl and Codicum from the Boston Symphony Orchestra and after three years I graduated a, a year in advance because as you know I get I used to get easily tired of the same routine so I was I was ready to go I had gotten everything I needed to get from Boston in three years and
0: oh, uh, Boston Conservatory which, which... yes yeah. okay yeah,
1: Boston Conservatory
0: yeah not an easy
1: yeah so um I knew everybody in the States like teacher wise, I didn't really want to study with anybody and I thought, you know, what do I do next? What, what is there? And my mom said, well, why don't you contact Carlos? And I said, oh, good idea. Well, you know, why not? I should contact him. So I contacted him and I sent him my Lieberman recording back when I could, you know, in my 20s, what, what, different playing. And he said, okay, sure, uh, usually we would need for you to do an actual exam, but you're really good, so, and I've, you know, known you for a couple of years, so see you next week. So in a matter of a week, I moved from Boston to Brussels. And again, I, I went with my mom. And uh, so Carlos became my teacher, somebody that I knew at 16 would eventually become somebody extremely valuable for me. And the first thing that, that he said when I got there for my first lesson was no vibrato for a year. Ah. So, you know, again, I don't want to generalize, but I loved my vibrato as an American. I used it for everything. I mean, it was, you know, we were connected in every way, but that was the first thing he took, okay? Your technique is fantastic. Everything is good, but no vibrato for a year. So we played a lot of Bach. Uh, you know, Barton Koeken, Keuk, Barton who is a Baroque, very well-known Baroque flutist, actually, he, he was he was a professor during that time at my conservatory. They have all the original J.S. Bach scores, so for them, Baroque classical style is really appreciated, and even when they go to the more romantic style and modern, they choose not to use that much vibrato, or they use it as a means of color. Not for everything. Not a, It's not appropriate. For them, so it was a big shock, and it was really difficult. It was one. It was an amazing year, but it was one of those years that I mean, it, it took a. It took a lot of my energy. I bet. Because, I mean, can you imagine? You know how many years, ten years of playing with Veron, and all of a sudden, you know, they take it out no, from yeah. everything. I mean, from everything in your lessons. It's it's difficult. It's really yeah. difficult. But it was something that. Really helped me, for first of all, because you know, as a principal flutist, you have to be able to do everything—play without barato, play with barato, play—you play, know, whatever, whatever style. You have to be able to do that. Especially like if you're a young flutist and you don't yet have a job and you live off freelancing, you just have to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to be flexible.
0: absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, so yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Sorry. So much information. <laughs> okay, so. You, but let's go back to Finland then, and your yeah. festival. How did that evolve? Okay,
1: so um, I moved in the fall of two thousand sixteen to Finland. Not really. I was. I had contracts contract still with orchestras in the Netherlands, so I was. I was flying back every. They were flying me back every two weeks. So I haven't really been here, like situated, like this is my home, until like the COVID hit. I haven't flown anywhere, you know. Now I'm really permanently here. All of my contracts have been, well, canceled, let's say. Um so now I've really been making it my home. But Tampere Fluke faced came maybe a little bit like 2 years ago. It came to my idea because there is so much potential in Finland. There's such a ama- it's in a wonderful culture that I think a lot of people don't get the um, the opportunity to get to know, especially because you know Finland is in the middle of two huge personalities. We're talking about Sweden, flamboyant, beautiful, talkative personalities, and we're talking about the Russians. And then we have Finland. And Finland, you know, was, it's like, a, a hun- I think they celebrated 100 years, two years ago. They're a new country. So um, they're a little bit more reserved. And I thought, my gosh, you know, I'm here and I'm here for a reason. If I'm going to make this my home and uh, I'm not working in the orchestra permanently, especially now, I'm not really looking for for a flute job because I'm singing. We'll get to that later. Um, You know, I want to do something good in my community. And Tampere is a fantastic city to do that. They have a beautiful concert hall. They have uh, the largest convention center in Scandinavia. So I saw the opportunity to do something good here because I saw the support. So we have a lot of young talent. They start them off um, really young. I mean, I had I was now for a couple of months working as assistant in the conservatory here to Professor Anna-Lena Ilvesky. I don't know if she's there. Say hi if you're there. She's also part of our board. She's our assistant program chair. And um, they start them off really young. And, most of them don't become professional flutists, but they have this appreciation for music which I love about Europe that I feel the United States is missing. Also, when I was working here, um, we had a Shaharasad program and um, each elementary school from Tampere would have their hour to come listen to Shaharasad with um, what is pantalla? with a screen, you know, in the background, huge screen with pictures, with castles, with, you know, uh, visuals for the kids with the music. And they do this every two, three months. They bring different elementary schools. So they start them young. So I saw this a ob- huge opportunity to do something really good here. We are now the only international flute festival, annual flute festival in Finland. We have a good flute society. Uh, but we want to do more events. We want to bring people here. So that's how it came. I said, if I'm going to stay here until I die, I'd better do something good in this country.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, you're such a dynamo. I mean, in a year, it just seemed like, boom, there's this huge festival happening in Finland, you
1: know? But- but, you know, people, and you're, and you're right, many people were a little bit hesitant. They were a little bit scared, like, no, but a festival like this, you know, it takes time to 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 make it happen, and you have to talk to people, and you have to really think and organize, and you're right about that. But, you know, I'm now 31, and, and, and of course, the idea started maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, but everything that I've learned over the years, that didn't happen yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was very easy and and another thing like, you know, when, when your project is blessed, let's say, when it, when it works just without you doing too much effort, you're doing the right thing.
0: Right. So you must have a great support staff, a team.
1: Very good. And you know what? We're all new to this. We've never heard, held these positions, but everybody's really willing to learn and um they're active flutists i mean we have like alexi roman who's one of our artists of course but he's now in the finnish national opera and he's now taking over this program chair role we have Annalena Yamsa, who's principal in tampere philharmonic who is our competitions coordinator so i mean all of us are active in the scene and we, what we want to offer you know is is actual um actual experience to even younger people because times are changing things are changing as you know
0: Mm-hmm. And we're
1: still kind of in the game, let's say. So we want to be able to, this is a new, fresh festival. We want to celebrate the new generation. Of course, we're being still, are, uh, you know, recognized artists. Like we have Petri Alango here, who's professor in, in Isabella's Academy. We we want to bring, you know, Silvia Caredo, Carlos Cano, people that have this experience and that elevate uh, music and are well-recognized in the world because it's, it's hard to say, you know, nobody really knows us. We're still, you know, we're still trying to create our image in the world. So. So, yeah.
0: So how did, how did you delegate the positions for everybody or how did that evolve?
1: Well, um, if I have one good quality, I must say, and and I think everybody that's listening, I think it's really important that, that you know yourself, what you're good at and what you're not good at before people tell you. (laughs) So, um, I'm very good at knowing like personalities. Um, so I actually picked the position based on personalities and experience. And then I asked them, is this something that you think you can do? But of course, like for instance, last year we had uh, Alexi and and Annalena were both part of this group. And I asked Annalena, is this something like now with your experience, you know, you've done this once already, would you like to do this again? Do you think that you're able to do something like this? So also we're experimenting, you know, I I will ask them after the festival, okay, was this something that was rewarding for you? Did you find it easy? Because most of the time, we don't know if we're specifically good at a certain role until we try it. But the one thing I must say is that everybody's really willing to give of their time and you know we whatever we're good at, we just put it together, whether that's your role or not your role. And that's really what teamwork is
0: about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I see
1: Johanna, she is one she is our communications coordinator. I see she put a heart. Hi Johanna.
0: Wow, that's great. That's great. Okay, let's dive into your singing. So how did the singing career happen? Well,
1: I hope that everybody goes to
0: thefluteview.com to read
1: my article, my great questions, and I think I wrote pretty good answers to that. And I said on there that um, actually singing came before playing the flute. I was listening. My parents are, are opera lovers or music lovers. Uh, They never really played an instrument, but but, you know, uh, back in the ranchos, uh, in the, what is rancho? The ranch? Yeah. Sorry. With all my languages, I don't even remember. So, you know, back in the ranchos, they used to sing and and, and Mexicans have great big voices. So my dad is, he could have been the next Pavarotti if he wanted to. So, um, I grew up listening to music and, I heard, I think it was Montserrat Caballé, who's a a Spanish opera singer, and the Metropolitan Opera was live uh, back in the days on TV. And I said, I can do that. And I started to imitate him my mom thought, my goodness, okay, well, let's take you to a teacher. So I went to the Houston opera. What is it called? The, the, not, not the Moore school of music, but Houston grand opera, Houston grand opera. They also have some, some professors there. For the, for the singers that, that are like doing the role. So my mom took me to a teacher there, I don't remember who it was, and she said, okay, she's really good because she's only 10, so I suggest that she doesn't start singing with a full voice. Okay, so we went by comb, and a couple of months later, the flute was introduced to me because, you know, Texas is a big flute, piccolo, marching band country, because really we're a country, okay, not even a state, so I lost complete interest, you know, in my singing. I used to sing at church, but I, I loved the flute. It was just an immediate connection. So over the years, when I went to Boston, we had um, electives, uh, classes that you can choose. So I chose choir. And the teachers there were saying, you know, I don't know why you're playing the flute. You should really do an opera career. But, <laughs> but singing was easy for me. And I thought, no, 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 no. I, I love the flute. I love the flute. So, you know, I sung. I kept it up, but nothing really serious. Just you know, whenever I felt like it. I went to Brussels, you know, people started listening to me. I was working in the opera houses. I had uh, friends who are opera singers saying, again, I don't know why you're playing the flute. You should really devote yourself to singing, even if you do recitals. So finally, when I came to Finland, I met my duo partner and that's it. Now I train professionally with a Dutch soprano, very well-known Dutch soprano, Miranda Van Kralingen. And, uh, so when I'm now, of course, it's all via, via the web, but, uh, when I go there, I see her every two weeks and I'm, and I'm training my, my instrument now. So yeah. So I've always had it in me, but not until now did I see the opportunity and maybe, maybe it's COVID times, you know, also when, when you start to really fully develop other talents, because now you can't just be good at one thing. You have to, you know, really use everything. And that's what I mean. Times are changing. It's no longer, I want to be a flutist. In a professional orchestra and there you go if you practice you're going to get it Mm, you know very few people can do that i don't mean to discourage but now you need to have other qualities too so that's how the singing came along
0: wow see my my dream was always to sing (laughs) yeah that's why you know but uh... you know but
1: i can tell in your in your the way that you play
0: your sound and the voice that
1: you carry from your sound that you're a good singer
0: Well, I took singing and I, I just, I, it wasn't, I wasn't a natural like you. Okay. So I, I just kind of, uh, I'm a little embarrassed. I feel like I always, I I sound out of tune when I sing. So, but I mean, I'm super critical, but anyway, so. Yeah. Well, uh, me too. (laughs) It's for the gods. (laughs) No, I, uh, do you know, Lindsay Goodman, she's also a flutist singer, you know, And I just love, and I love that you guys are bringing in, you know, like you said, these other talents. So speaking of COVID, what else have you developed during this uh, crazy COVID year? Well,
1: um, I'm pretty, I'm, I think the is enough, enough work. I'm pretty busy with that. Uh, I'm still singing. I have a, a Sarsuela program, the best of Sarsuela, And this love coming- Love that.
0: Yeah, sorry? i love
1: that oh, okay. yeah it's wonderful it's wonderful music and uh next spring i have a puccini program coming with a harp harpist catritica who she's also in our board of course we have a harpist in our board uh we needed that type of brain to write grants so <laughs> we don't use a flute brain for that and um yeah just you know my singing and playing the flute once in a while i'm teaching a lot i highly enjoy teaching also because I'm learning so much. It's amazing. It's amazing when you teach how how different uh, you start to think about things. Because now you have to think about things.
0: Absolutely. And and I, I feel so inspired by my students as well. I mean, yeah. You know, they bring new pieces. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that piece. I should go try this. <laughs> yeah, practice over the weekend. <laughs> Get back to you next week. <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: Wow. And and so your husband is a musician as well. Is that what you said? Yes. He's a double bass player. So. That's right. That's right.
1: Okay. Yeah. You can imagine. Oh my gosh. I don't envy him.
0: <laughs> the flute is so easy to carry. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's why I chose it because it's so easy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because well, I. I wanted to I... play
1: the oboe, and my mom thought, no, the flute is cheap. She's going to quit anyways, like all of her other hobbies. And. Ah. I, I didn't know huh. it was going to call quite
0: a lot, <laughs> eventually. Uh, so your parents are still, where are they now? I think my mom just
1: signed in. They're they're still in Texas.
0: Okay, okay. Both
1: my mom and dad still live in Baytown, yeah. So we, ah. we call every day, and they have not yet been to Finland, so it's been quiet. And when they wanted to, you know, this happened, so I thought, no, no, no guys stay and then we'll see each other again. Usually because I work in the Netherlands, it's so easy to go from from Amsterdam Schiphol to, you know, Houston. It's the direct flight. So I would visit, you know, four times a year for a month. This is the the advantage also of not having a fixed job when you freelance, it's fantastic. You can really plan your own schedule. So if you ask me that question, I for me, like you, I love to travel and get to see the world and and I've been very grateful and thankful I'm lucky like you to have this opportunity to be able to do that so but after a lot of devotion after a lot of work we can do that so
0: <laughs> yeah no for me that was uh playing in an orchestra was just uh too sedentary for me so yeah. I had to start start traveling <laughs> <laughs> I know you <laughs> <laughs>
1: well um, beautiful. I mean look how beautiful you've been able to touch so many lives Everywhere you go, you touch people with your music. And, you know, of course, I love being in an orchestra and I loved the security of having a fixed job. And I probably would have stayed if I wouldn't have met my husband, you know. But I feel like now people like us maybe, you know, with with our personality, with our desire to do something, something bigger, something better, let's say, that we can touch the lives of so many with our music like that.
0: Not being stuck in one
1: place. Right.
0: Right. No, I just, uh, I admire how I feel that in just a year, uh, you just started the, the first festival was last year. And it's just I feel like it's just exploded onto the scene. And I love that energy behind it. And you are so on with the with the public relations, with the spreading the knowledge, with the promoting and all that. So yeah, I just well, really we try. Applauded. We do our best.
1: We're not perfect and you know, we make mistakes and you know we we're we're all learning. I'm learning in the process. I'm learning about leadership, how to run a you know nonprofit organization. I wasn't trained to do that. I wasn't you know I didn't study any of that until really recently. So but you know we have to as musicians, okay, some of the things that, that we can do is like innately in us. But the other things, you know, we have to continue to want to learn, to be hungry for learning, and not just about music, about everything, because it opens a whole new world.
0: Absolutely. 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 So on on that note, do you have, as we sort of finish up this little chat, do you have uh, words of wisdom for young flutists who might want to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, please do. Please
1: follow in my footsteps. <laughs> but thank you. Um, I think that good things don't come without some type of sacrifice. And um, I know that, for for example, I have many wonderful friends who say, how did you do it? You know, How did you come to Europe and you, did you create a career? With you? Because it wasn't easy. There's a lot of prejudice, or at least in my time, about Americans coming to orchestras. They didn't like it. You know, I remember a conductor saying before he heard me play an audition, he said, I don't want an American. So I have Uh to use, I'm a Mexican-American, because people Uh have, for some reason, this this negative idea. So every time I went to the orchestra, and and including now, you know, I have to always, you know, break that, "Mm, it doesn't matter what nationality you are, you know. So um, words of advice, uh, nothing really comes easy. You have to work hard at it. And you have to believe in yourself. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. That's beautiful. It is possible. It is possible. Yes. I mean, look at people like Viviana who have, you know, we have many examples. Your life, my life, uh, the the other two young ladies you interviewed, I, I, you know, Elizabeth and Ekaterina. Everybody has Absolutely. had to work for it. I mean, we have certain talent, but we have to work for it. So work hard. And have faith in your talent and be a blessing absolutely. everywhere you go
0: yes if you want to have yes. a
1: job you have to be kind you have to be nice um you know i often see especially when you're younger you know younger fluidists have this they go to auditions and they have competition and this kind of negative negative persona and i feel like the older i get the more i realize how stupid that is you know be kind to people everybody has a purpose in life
0: yep so absolutely if it's
1: your upper, if it's your chance it will be there don't fight for it
0: I always say that, you know, it's like a a flower. Each flower, the rose is beautiful for its fragrance. And then the jasmine has a different fragrance and it's different color. Each one is beautiful. So each one of us has our own special and unique gifts. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, and dreams do come true. Amen.
1: (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) In the near future, and in one of our festivals, I I can't oh, wait I to have that. you here for you to spread your joy in this country, oh. your your sunshine bring, but really
0: bring sunshine,
1: real sunshine.
0: <laughs> okay, I got plenty of it right here.
1: Yeah. I know, I'm jealous. <laughs> but All thank right, you so much for today, and thank you to everybody who was there. I don't think we have any questions today.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I've been scrolling, but. Uh... It's okay. Um, yeah. No. Thank you for for your time and for the wonderful words of wisdom. And uh, stay positive out there and work hard. And yeah. um, follow your heart. Make make your dream come true. It's yeah. possible.
1: So next April twenty third to twenty fifth, Thump at a flute fest. And if something, we will make it online. So.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Bye. Bye, Viviana. Bye. See.
0: Thank you for listening to the Flute View podcast. Please give us a rating and leave a comment. The Flute View is sponsored by Flute World, Haynes Flutes, Flutehoot.com, and the University of California, Santa Cruz, where I teach. Please remember to subscribe for only twelve ninety nine a year at thefluteview.com